Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. How much are you enjoying The Mandalorian versus how you thought you would be enjoying it? That's a good question. Um, okay, so on a scale from zero being no interest at all and five being you were all into this show before it aired, where did you start and where are you now? Does that, or yeah, does that make sense? I was at a two before. Oh. Now I'm at a six. (laughs) Well, all right. Adrian's showing all of us up. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You guys are going to see the same thing. I'll say I was was definitely at a four. I was pretty excited. Okay. But I was like, at the same time, it was like, you know, I... I didn't know exactly what to expect, so there was some hesitation as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what? It's going to be good. It's going to be Star Wars, and it's going to be an ongoing thing. So I'm like, I'm capping. I'm tam- tempering my expectations a little bit, right? And then um, first episode, bam. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with Adrian. I'm at a six now. Since <laughs> Off the charts. Yeah, off the charts. Uh, it, it, it has exceeded every expectation by a lot. The last couple episodes, maybe I'm coming back down a little bit, uh, but I love it. But overall, you can't repel overall. hype of this magnitude. It's just been... Oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, it's been seriously, good. you're right. This is this is taking this is taking Star Wars to a level that I didn't know it could achieve. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, so, I mean, Adrian's pretty right. I was pretty with him. Like, I was excited... You know, maybe like a 2, 2.5 on the, it's Star Wars, it's TV, I'm excited, but I don't really care about Mandalorians. Right. To now like, whoa, yeah, level 6, number 6. To like, now I love the show. <laughs> I would die for the Mandalorian and Baby I'm going to say. We're waking up at like 3 in the morning to watch the show before we go to work because spoilers. And <laughs> and right, yeah. seriously. I mean, it's changing the way we all live. <laughs> But, yes, it but is. I'm going to change my answer to seven, just be- <laughs> just because um, I don't want all three of our answers to equal six six six. So <laughs> six seven six, six is good. Seven. I'm changing my because answer to five point five. Show. Five point five. Okay, there we go. All right. I mean, call me superstitious whenever. I don't want that attached to the Mandalorian. Because the devil does not belong to the Mandalorian. Fair enough. No. I just watched the devil, the, I watched the, the Omen the other night. The I, I totally I'm I'm on board with that. So <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so uh, okay, we're like more than halfway through the season, right? Uh, so far, what's yeah, been y'all's five episodes. favorite episode? Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Mine. I can actually. I've been thinking a lot about this, um, and I actually have to say it's probably maybe a tie between episodes three and four. Okay. Cat Ray, actually, we are on the yes. same wavelength. I, I swear to God. 
Yeah. Actually, so I have to say, I saw, I've seen, I've watched episode four, four times, and I know we're kind of jumping around, but when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is kind of an interesting tonal shift. I don't shift. I don't really know what I think. And since then, I've watched it two more times, and the more I watch it, the more I love it. So episode four might actually edge out three a little bit. But I really like both of those episodes so far for me. Those are probably the highlights. Absolutely. There's a lot to love in both of those episodes. What about you, John? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I wasn't prepared to answer that question. <laughs> and Should although I, I should have been, I'm <laughs> leaning toward episode I'm leaning toward episode two. Oh. Um, I just I really like the way things like we found out what the deal is, you know? Right. And then now we're starting to see the softer side of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what really is making this whole series for me. It's yeah. here's this this bounty hunter, this 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 guy that's kind of like straddling the line between good and bad, you know. And all of a sudden, we've got this little baby creature, and he's showing a softer side. He's not this, like, I mean, he totally is this badass, like, <laughs> butt-whooping, well, yeah. like, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, but now we're starting to see that he's got compassion. He's got heart. There's a soul inside there. He's not just a uh, um, a force to be reckoned with. He's also an emotional force to be reckoned with. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Uh, it, it rounds out the character a lot. It gives him a great, great feeling of depth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm just for that sake, I'll say two. Well, I actually I just rewatched episode two this weekend because I felt that that was the one that I kind of remembered the least. Mm-hmm. Um uh-huh. And hadn't watched the most recently. And episode two was a lot of fun. I love the Mandalorian's interactions with the Jawas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, okay. yeah. Um, and how they, you know, were kind of making fun of him. You know, you speak like a Wookiee when he's trying to speak. I love that. Line. <laughs> Jawas or whatever. That line. Yes. <laughs> that is one of um, the best gags in the whole series so far. But I actually, like, in the first two episodes, I also thought Kuil, um, voiced by Nick Nolte, was a real standout mm-hmm. yeah. character. And I would love to see him again. I don't know if we ever will. I secretly hope we do. I feel like um, we have to at some point. But but I loved him in those two episodes and just kind of his steady, no nonsense. Like he made a good foil or good counter counterpoint to the Mandalorian. Um, so and just to set the marker like. on this, you know, from the perspective of this podcast, there have been five episodes that have aired. Yes, we were, were As of over now. the halfway mark. Yeah. Episode and five just aired last week. And and so we we still have many episodes to witness, but at, at this Three. point, um, oh yeah, I guess that's not that many. <laughs> not that many. <laughs> yeah, um, but man, I mean, I can't I can't believe the fever pitch this show is in. I mean, it's like it's breaking records with viewership and all kinds of stuff. People from all over the spectrum are loving this Star Wars show. Baby Yoda is an internet sensation. Oh my god. Not gosh. surprisingly. Superstar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I know we kind of in our episode with Matt, we kind of touched on it, but um 
you know, so we got Baby Yoda as he's being as he's being called. Are you guys still loving Baby Yoda? Are we tired oh God, of yeah. Baby Yoda? No, <laughs> no, never. No. How could you possibly be tired of Baby Yoda? <laughs> I feel called out right now, Cat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how so, Adrian? Oh, come, you guys know I'm not well, as in love yeah, with Baby because, Yoda as, oh, as the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah, right. No, no, and and I'm I actually I'm glad you you bring that up. Um, because this is a, a conversation we've not had on the podcast. And I, th- I think that it's a topic that needs to be explored. Oh, boy. Okay. Not yeah. everyone is as gaga over Baby Yoda as the majority of people. <laughs> um, and Adrian has, I feel, valid reasons as to why. I mean, it's nothing against Baby Yoda as a character. Uh, when I first saw Baby Yoda, uh, my jaw dropped. I made a noise of excitement and surprise. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, I have a doll phobia. That thing's an animatronic doll. I see a doll. And it's triggering those same emotions that I feel when I watch a Chucky movie or or Slappy from Goosebumps or just like a freaky doll in the corner that's <laughs> eyes seem to follow you around everywhere. Nothing against the clown the, from Poltergeist. The clown from Poltergeist, exactly. You know, it is nothing against the character or the concept. I'm just, I'm a weenie when it comes to, to dolls. And Baby Yoda just has that Uncanny Valley doll-like look to it that just, it keeps me from totally falling in love with it. And I I feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> um, I see, I see the perfect child. I see oh, wow. the real, the real chosen one. I see <laughs> I see the most adorable thing that has ever graced the screen of Star Wars. <laughs> not not a lie. I see it's cuter than Ewoks, it's cuter than Porgs, it's cuter yes. than baby Ewoks, it's cuter <laughs> than baby Porgs. Oh, it's so cute. Honestly, I thought I was done having children, but baby Yoda makes me want to have another one. <laughs> yes. So just so you can you know name what? it Baby Yoda. While we're on that, why have we not seen a diaper change on this series yet? I want to see the Mandalorian, the Dadalorian, the single Dadalorian, Dadalorian change a space diaper. This kid eats frogs. He drinks soup, uh, little yeah. krillfish thingies. This thing eats a lot. We have yet to see a diaper change, and I and I don't like that. I it's feel too like real, too real, Adrian. You're being cheated. <laughs> You know, this has has this baby not been given a diaper change since we've met him five oh, weeks ago? Yes. Have Have you seen the 1980s blockbuster hit, Mr. Mom? A long time ago. We need a Mr. Mom moment. We need to have <laughs> him changing a diaper and all kinds of crazy stuff going on around him. You know, I mean, all at once. Let's be real. He still has a lot to learn about being a single dad. I mean, well, that's true. For goodness sake, true he dad. left his kid alone in like a cubby on his ship while <laughs> he went to the cantina. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as one does. Rule number I mean, one. <laughs> hey, when in Tatooine, do as the Tatooiners do. Uh, lock your kid in a closet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's let's dial it back here a bit now. We're, we're, we're jumping okay. ahead to All right. obviously a really big moment from this latest episode, or a really really big <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah, but uh, let's let's dial it back a bit to uh, 
to some of the earlier chapters. Uh, All it, right. Any any new revelations or thoughts since we last talked about the Mando that you guys need to point out? Well, I know there's been a lot of talk on the internet about the whole helmets thing mm-hmm. and how how the Mandalorian culture has potentially changed since the Great Purge, which we haven't seen. Um, I'm sure we'll get a book soon enough. <laughs> I yeah, that'd be great. That would totally. <laughs> I like I want more Mando tie-in material. I didn't realize I would love this show so much. And I'm like, yes, give me all the information about the Mandalorians and what's going on. Um Well, I mean, obviously we'll we'll get a big tie-in when the uh the final season of Clone Wars comes around. Maybe that. yeah. maybe we, that'll maybe that'll be kind think, of the trigger of the Great Purge or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think well, that's no, what it's wait, all that about. Well, no, that comes later. Right? Rebels, that comes later, right? With the Rebel Empire. Season four, yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably, we probably saw Sorry. Uh, the the Great Purge is probably the Empire Strikes Back after season 4 of Rebels for the Mandalores. Mandalorians for Mandalore. Okay. They kind of they kind of really did screw up with the Empire in that season 4 opener opening arc so i'm pretty sure that's the consequences of that mm, that's true yeah my guess my 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 head cannon at the moment no i think i think you're i think you're totally onto something whatever happened it's driven the mandalorians underground and they're i mean i feel like they were very kind of protective of their culture beforehand you know what we saw in the clone wars um but even even more so now. Um, and I really hope we kind of get, like, they're giving us little tidbits, so I hope they continue to do that. Um, not quite as much in these past couple of episodes, but maybe as the season kind of wraps up, I don't know if he'll kind of hook up with the Mandalorians again for help. Um, I think we're kind of headed for a confrontation, obviously, after he shot his way out of... Um, Navarro, where the bounty, the, hunters the bounty, but mm-hmm. the bounty hunters guild is, and the Mandalorians came to his aid, and you know clearly they're still after him. So I wonder, hoping I guess at some point that you know he'll kind of meet back up with them, um, either for help or protection or I don't know. You know, while we're on that, I gotta say that uh, that chapter three has so far been my favorite just because of that. We, we talked about it a bit, a bit in our thread, you know, the sin. Mm-hmm. The sin committed yes, in the episode yeah. is breaking the code of the guild so he could keep another moral code intact. Yeah. Yes. So chapter three, just it's action packed. But it also adds layers. <laughs> adds so many layers. Baby Yoda is his foundling. The Mandalorian took yes. me in when I was in trouble. You know what? This little baby Yoda's in trouble. I'm going to take a baby Yoda in. That is so awesome. And it was done in such an amazing yeah. way. And oh my God, chapter three, though. Mwah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, those those first episodes, my gosh, they're all so good. They're all so good. Well, and they form kind of a nice little, the first three episodes kind of form almost their own mini movie. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen the last three episodes, but from the first three episodes alone, you kind of have this whole basically mini movie that's setting up every, you know, basically the springboard. It's a, it's a good for arc. what's going to happen. It's, t- it's a totally good You know, good we arc. get the introduction... Yeah, we get the introduction of Baby Yoda. We get the Mando. We get to see a little bit of what his code and his emotional self is like and kind of, you know, and the the shootout and his rescue 
of Baby Yoda just kind of sets up whatever is coming next or the next step, basically. Um, so that yeah, first by the end of by the end of three, the main plot of the show I think is really in motion. We're, we're past all the exposition. We're past all the uh, stage setting. We we know who we're dealing with now and why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. So everything that comes after that now is just like just that much more, that many more layers on top of what's already like been this really tall cake of character development. <laughs> you know, so like ch- yeah. chapter four. I remember when chapter four came out. I like I, I told you, Cat, I'm not too in love with this episode. I was initially yes, yeah. over uh, underwhelmed with it, but then uh, you know I, I gave it another shot. I watched it again. And I'm like, you know what? This is very Lone Wolf and Cub, very samurai slash Western mm-hmm. film trope with all the fixins and all the all the all the fat still attached to it. But it showed us a different side to the Mando. You know, this he as as devoted as he is to the Mandalorian culture, he still feels like he could have another type of so, life, something more. Yes, yeah. And it's tempting. It's tempting enough that he almost let this. This lady, uh, Omera, this beautiful widow, quote unquote, pull the helmet off. That is some powerful stuff that just might have. I was watching it at three in the morning, so maybe that's why it didn't hit <laughs> the first time. But uh, yeah, yeah the, uh, upon a uh, few reviewings, I'm like, this is a really, really good episode. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's the it, it definitely is a tonal shift for the show. You know, it's definitely a continuing adventures of the Mandalorian. Right. And and Baby Yoda, um, but I I felt like it was a necessary next step, you know. Absolutely. To, yes. Because because if you do too much with the whole bounty hunters guild coming after you and the, all of the Mandalorians coming to save you, you know, it's gonna get old. It is. It, it'll get old fast. So you needed to have an episode where they rocket off to a a far off planet and they're trying to get a little breathing room. And what mm-hmm. happens? They run into another problem, you know? <laughs> um, and I thought it was cool that they had a planet with two races, and it was like um, the raiders versus the farmers, basically. And that the Mandalorian and now another new strong female military character, who kicks ass, by the way. Yeah. Um, and is gorgeous. Um uh, teach the farmers in what I think is a longer period of time than what they actually show. Yeah, um, yeah, that whole episode yeah. takes place I over. Think, yeah, I, I, I saw people com- complaining about you know, oh, they, all of a sudden they just taught the farmers out of. I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to. I mean, they can't show Creative all. We got a montage. Yeah. Whenever there's Ex- a montage, exactly. it's yeah. an extended period it's of time. Extended period of time. It's more than what you're seeing on the film. and so but you had that which is is part of the old samurai movies you know teach the villagers to protect themselves and stuff and then we get the horror film vibe of the walker coming out of the forest with red eyes very jurassic park i I must say that was so awesome that was so cool can i just say that that atst Way more scary in The Mandalorian. And I don't know if it's just like the red eyes and being at night. But <laughs> compare that to Return of the Jedi, which I also just watched. It's like, this is way more scary in The Mandalorian than well, it ever not, was. They're not. They're an afterthought in The Empire Strikes Back. They are. You yes, know? yeah. It's like I, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, right. I almost didn't recognize Great it this use. time around because of the red eyes, you know. It was just that different. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. what is it? It was really, really well done. Oh, so 
little random side question for y'all. Which Howard yes. is the better Star Wars director? Bryce Dallas Howard or Ron? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think that's a fair question. Yeah, I don't think I can Because you have a cinematic that. director that has a feature-length film that came in to do mop-ups, basically, mm-hmm. versus versus a uh, uh, director of a television episode that doesn't have enough time to put her own stamp on it and and really create something unique and individualistic with her own. I, yeah, so I'm going to just say yes. <laughs> right answer. I like that answer, John. Wasn't really yeah. expecting a, a real one. I just wanted to throw that wrench at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a very clever question, though. Mm. But uh, basically, I want to see more Bryce Dallas Howard uh, related uh, projects. I think she did a fantastic job with what she was given. I have to say that I've been really impressed with, I mean, basically everything that we've seen so far, um, just from the different directors and all of them. It's been really great. Um, You know, I'm looking forward every week to see you know, what's going to happen next. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the wait, um, the anticipation. That's actually been a lot of fun, mm-hmm. I think, to kind of speculate and talk and let it percolate and rewatch episodes. And I also have to say, I'm really, I really like the length of these episodes. Yes. Um, I, 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 agree. I like that they're not, I know, I think many, Many episodes ago, you know, we kind of speculated about, well, what what might the show be like? And I think we even talked about, oh, you know, the episodes will probably be like 45 minutes to an hour long because it's a drama, blah, blah, blah. There are only eight episodes. Um, So I was a little surprised, you know, the first episode starts and it's like 37 minutes. You're like, what? (laughs) So short. But I actually I actually have really loved that because things move along at a very nice pace. Like it's not overly rushed, but it also doesn't drag. Like it, it's, it's nice. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. Leave us. I'm I'm loving that. They, that was a good, that was a good choice. Whoever made that decision, you know, kudos. (laughs) Thank you. Because it, it was a good choice. Leave us wanting more at the end of the episode instead of how much longer until this is over. So to speak. Talk about episode five. Uh, chapter five. Uh huh. Uh huh. Chapter five for me was. Wait, hold a on. Step back. Yeah. Before we really get into that, on a scale of all right, one to five, one being this is bad, to five being this is amazing. Uh huh. Where has chapter five fallen for y'all? Chapter five's a three for me. A three. It's a three. It's yeah. solidly in the middle. It's not bad, but it's, it's middle not of the road. Great. Well, I think the biggest the biggest misstep with five was the setting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Please go on. Well, I I think the biggest disappointment for me was that we are on a planet that we've been to already. And it shrinks it shrinks the galaxy. And Mm. you know, I mean it was I mean, at first I was like, oh my gosh, they're going look, look, look. (laughs) And then it was like uh been there, done that, you know. I don't need to see more of of Luke's homeworld. You know, I've, we've done it, you know, and and also it it probably means we're not going to go back there in the rise of the, the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, I, I can't believe that they would do another Tatooine thing with 
with Kenobi coming out being set in Tatooine. And, um, you know, it's it's just like, okay, enough Tatooine. Too much Tatooine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that, for me, was the biggest problem with it. Interesting. You know? and, then, and then going to the cantina. Yeah. And, and then, oh, look, here's a, a, a bad... Bad boy in Han Solo's seat. Yeah, that was last. oh, that was too much. I oh, hate the that. droids are allowed in now too. That was like right. Yeah, the very... droids the bartender now. <laughs> yeah, it was like no thanks, no thanks. I and mean, that was that was my that really truly is my biggest problem with the episode. I I liked the inexperienced bounty hunter guy. Uh, and the twist at the end, I liked it. Uh, uh, I I wanted him. I wanted him to die. You know, I wanted him dead, so that made me happy. Um, and um, I really liked the assassin character. Uh, that was fun. Uh, that was yeah. Fun. No, so, you get to, no, no, no. She was no, no. She was she awesome. Was, she was it's great. Not, yeah. But it's I that, thought you were shrugging in in disgust. No, no, and I'm shrugging in disgust and how about the, what what how that ended. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so, well. We, I'm I'm I all mean, down spoiler for alert. It's we've, spoiler. We've got spoiler the podcast. mysterious character at the very very end that's standing over her body. I mean, maybe she's not dead. Something miraculous happens. She's not dead. I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah. There's no way in hell yeah. they would cast Ming Na Wen and use her to promote the series. Just to end up with what would amount to and being an overglorified cameo, they would not yeah, do that. It is a cameo. I I want to think they wouldn't do that. I should say. So for me, she yeah. she's yeah. not dead. Cat and I yeah. talked about this a bit. Uh, I I there was a white flash. I think the blast hit some sort of like armor or something. She's unconscious. I think she's That's unconscious. That's why she hasn't moved. Right, and she fingers crossed. You know and. What's his face? Toro Calican or whatever didn't give her any water. She's dehydrated, you know? She's been in the desert all day and night. She's she's sleeping. <laughs> she's wow. sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. She better be, otherwise I'm gonna be highly disappointed because that would be a huge waste. I mean, Ming yeah, Wen is so talented. And I think the character has potential for a lot of fun. Um Especially if she is not dead and can kind of come back and be another foil or maybe we're kind of have two opposing forces because what I feel like with the character that shows up at the end of episode five, he's probably looking for the Mandalorian, right? So I kind of feel like we're going to have two opposing teams, I guess. You know, like the Mandalorian has kind of been... You know, he's kind of been getting some friends. We've got Cara Dune, you know, maybe IG-11's not really dead. Like, I think we're going to have some kind of showdown. Mm. I mean, it's it's a Western. We're headed for a showdown, right? Right. So I think the the battle lines and the, the... the teams are kind of starting to to come together a little bit. Um, it's my own personal. But my, yeah, I guess my biggest beef with episode five was that, so, and I don't want this to veer too negative, but at Celebration in April, John Favreau and Dave Filoni had a, um, Oh, God, now totally blanking. They had, a, you know, there was a stage, there was a segment where they sat down to talk about The Mandalorian. And this episode was basically everything that I was afraid of what the show was going to be before we started watching it, based on that conversation that they had. Okay, all right. Um, because Elaborate. It, 
it fe- it felt this definitely fell into like the oh, you know, it's the OT aesthetics, which I'm not opposed to, but this really felt, you know, this is a lot more fan servicey than a lot oh, of a doubt. the yeah. other episodes. You know, we're back in Tatooine. We're seeing these droids. You know, there's, um, you know, so, so this, <laughs> from that standpoint, was what I kind of feared the whole series was going to be. And thankfully, you know, I really think it hasn't been like that. You know, there's obviously been some callbacks and references and stuff, but this was the one that kind of felt the most fan servicey to me. Oh, without a doubt it was. I I totally agree. So I I think that was right down to the speeder bikes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was maybe my biggest beef coming in or having after I watched this episode. Um, That being said, like there are definitely still parts of this episode that I really liked. Like I'm actually very curious about Tatooine after Return of the Jedi and um, Leia killing Jabba and what happened after he died, like, who's in charge now? Is anybody in charge? Did they revolt? And I know Adrian's like, we didn't, (laughs) Adrian has his own thoughts. And I think there's some, like, subtle, you know, we see some subtle stuff in there. Um, But, yeah, this episode, it didn't, it almost, it was, like, too much fan service and not enough, I don't know. Plot service. Anything else, yeah. (laughs) Except for, (laughs) Except for the end. <laughs> you just made well, me realize were, were, that uh, this was a total missed opportunity to explore a post Java rain tattooing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that really fits into the show too much, but things, you know, there were little hints well, like, wait, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Of course it does. about bounty hunters. I don't, I don't want to jump all over that, that statement, but I mean, <laughs> like Jabba's palace was the, the, the hive of like is bounty hunter central, you know, and this movie's about bounty hunters and stuff. Um, so I, I mean, I thought just going there to begin with was a bad idea because <laughs> probably going to run into some bounty hunters. You know, well, maybe I, things have changed with Jabba gone, but I have a feeling somebody else, like you said, stepped right in and and controlled the the back alleys and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I uh, thought it was interesting that, like, they say that the Bounty Hunters Guild no longer ap- operates out of Tatooine. So clearly that had been something that was going on in the original trilogy. Han Solo, Boba Fett, all that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it so hasn't been that many changed. years. I, I would imagine that there's still connections, even though they maybe don't operate out of it. Um, there's still CD underlife there, as we can see, you know. And obviously he runs he runs into a bounty hunter there. Yeah. A lot quieter though. True. It seems. A lot of dead stormtroopers. A a lot of dead stormtroopers. A lot of dead stormies, but I mean obviously we we get um uh the the Tuscan Raider thing, you know. That was nice. uh, By the way, kudos to uh, That was I love casting a a deaf actor. Yes, to play as um, one of the sand people. I think the main sand person. Mm -hmm, Yeah, who was doing the signing. Yeah, that was outstanding. Good job. Yeah, I actually that scene was one of the highlights of this episode. I loved that. I love that whole interaction, both with the Mando and Toro Calican, and then them interacting with the. 
the Tusken Raiders and the Mando taking his binox and giving them to the Tusken Raiders. Like that yeah. felt very like classic Star Wars. Like, hey, it let did. me see those. Oh, nope, they're not new anymore. You know, like they that. <laughs> see, you're touching <laughs> upon <were. laughs> something really important there, Kat, that was missing in this episode, which is my biggest gripe oh. with this episode. Okay. All right. Episodes, uh, chapters, I should say, one, two, three, and four, all in one way or another dealt with uh, a sense of family, belonging, community, right? This is where the show is the strongest when it deals with that instead of the actual bounty hunting. This is the way with the Mandalorians, the, the breaking the, the sin, breaking the code of the guild and whatnot. Uh, episode four, you're dealing with this uh, village of, of, uh, of farmers, basically, and their, their sense of community and what they do to protect their own, right? Five had none of that. It was just a run-of-the-mill bounty hunter episode. And the strongest part is the one you're talking about because it's dealing with a little – it's dealing with the culture of the Sand People. The, the Mandalorian knows how to communicate with them without, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just devolving into violent actions. Like, hold on. I got this. I understand them. They understand me. Boop, boop, boop. All right. I got his passage. I got his permission to go into their land. No one had to die. This show is the strongest for me when it's like that and not focusing on that. When it's, it's, it's better when it's a show about community and not a show about bounty hunting. I can see that. The only bounty we've seen, the Mando, I mean, I guess we've seen two. The very first one, and then after he collected the child, um, you know, that's that's been it. And so. chapter five. Well, yeah. Well, he yeah. tried. The whole thing that was a really hunt. Work out, though. It was a hunt, though. Uh, true. Yeah, Fennec, Fennec Shand, was, they had a puck for Fennec Shand, so that's a bounty, you know? Yeah. A bounty that didn't work out. A bounty that did not work out. <laughs> well, only because she kind of like... Got in his little pea brain ear. <laughs> pea brain. But very, very, very Dave Filoni type of character there. The gunslinger Toro. Very early Clone Wars type character. Oh, yes. This had a distinct Clone Wars feel, which is not necessarily like I, I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing. This definitely early had Clone like Wars. a clone, a Clone Wars um, same with, feel to Same it. with uh, Amy Sedaris's character, not Ellen Ripley. Right. Not Ellen Ripley, who in 1977, by the way, would have been um, uh, the actress cast in that part would have been Ruth Buzzy. And you, <laughs> neither of you probably know who that is, but nope, I am vaguely aware Sorry. of who she is. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, same, basically the same actress, but just 30 years earlier. Yeah. I got to say, I'm, I'm disappointed in Dave Filoni's live action directorial debut and I'll just leave it at that. Mm. No, no. Wait, he directed the first, the first episode. episode. This was this was the episode he both wrote and directed. Okay, I guess that's yeah. what I mean then. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I actually thought the first episode was directed really well and one of the things I remember was somebody that I watched it rewatched it with later was like, "I really liked the the direction of that episode." And I was like, "Yeah, Maloney, get it." Um <laughs> so I don't I don't necessarily think it was the directing maybe here. Maybe it was the writing and the directing. I don't know. Yeah, which came from yeah. the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I was- But, I mean, you know what? F- to focus on the positive here, Tatooine's never looked better. The, the That track that played when they were on the speeders, fantastic. Such a great writing you know, I, track. I had a brief brief conversation with Matt before we started recording. Yes. Our friend Matt, and he made the same remark. The music 
when they were on the speeder bikes was some of the best Star Wars m- music, you know? It's fantastic. It was just fantastic. And I said the music overall in The Mandalorian has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can we just talk about how awesome it is that they're releasing the episode soundtracks every week and how great they sound? I have been listening, like I add them to a playlist every single week, and I'm basically listening <laughs> to a Mandalorian playlist nonstop. At least until we get to the Rise of Skywalker, and then I'll be listening to that nonstop. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but right now, um, just being new Star Wars music, I have to say I have really fallen in love with the sound of this show. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, that's very different," um, but cool, you know. And the more I've listened to it, the more I love it. The better it sounds, right? I totally again save wavelength here. This is different, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Wow, I love yeah. this. This is so good. I yes, want I'm more like, of this. This all is in. so freaking good. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Yes. Some some of, I mean, yeah, I just, I've been really blown away by that. And, you know, kudos to them. Um, yeah, that was, it's been great. I've been loving it. It's awesome. I've been I'm loving so it too. I'm so glad we have the, live the music's been out. Yeah, the music's been absolutely stellar. I, I, probably need to make my own Mandalorian playlist and start listening to them too. Um, the theme song. I just love the theme song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's perfect. It's just perfect. And um, yeah, I'm just super stoked. Um, in terms of, you know, so that brings us up to, you know, chapter five. We've got three left, you told me? Only three? three? Yeah. Only oh. three. I know. Oh. Although I, I would, I would bet so. a few Imperial credits or calamari flan that the last couple episodes are going to be longer than usual. <laughs> okay. Mm. I, I hope I, you're right. I, I would make that bet. I hope you're right. Yeah. So I hope you're right. Because I feel it, like they've got a lot of wrapping up to do in season <laughs> one or setting up for season two that they need to do. We've had... <laughs> We've had a couple of of, of I feel episodes. Feel like we're still setting now. up season one. <laughs> well, I know, but we we had the first three episodes were set up, and then we had two off world, like barely connected episodes that are the Mandalorian and the child escaping and trying you know to hide out in different places. Now I feel like it needs to come back around. We need to see. We need to have more bounty hunter involvement. We need to have more of. Um, you know, I'd like to see more Carl Weathers. I'd like to see. Oh, he's coming back for sure. I'd like to see more of, you know, hey, you know, we put a bounty out, you know, us ex-Imperials. Now we need to bring that back in. That's ours. You can't just get away with that <laughs> easily, Mando. So more uh, more uh, Werner Herzog and, and that sort of thing. I'd like to see a bit more of that now, please. Thank you. And much. I think we're getting it. Like, like Hat said, uh, that that stinger at the end of this last episode is setting up some sort. It's setting up the next uh, the next conflict. It's gonna end on a bang. You know, we still haven't even met Moff Gideon. I'm pretty sure he's gonna play in pretty heavily. Oh yeah, Carl Weathers yeah. is coming back for sure. Yes, there, there's there is still a lot to explore and, and watch. And it's all going to be connected seen. to that last uh, the last moment in Chapter 5. I, I, I'm certain of it. I like the way Kat uh, uh, brought that up. It makes sense. And Adrian needs a Grief Karga Black Series figure to go with his IG-11. <laughs> yeah. So it's true. I have a, I, do. I don't I don't know if you guys have the same feeling, but after Episode 4 and Episode 3, actually, both Episodes 3 and 4, 
and the way that the helmet has been brought up. Do you guys think that we're heading towards a point in the series, maybe at the end of the first series, where the Mando's helmet will come off and that kind of might play a role in season two or beyond, potentially? Maybe at the end of the season. Like, very, very, very end. Very, very end. So that you're like... Or they're teasing it like, here comes the helmet coming off, and that's the end. Ah, uh, no, 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 no surprise. And that's ending. the cliffhanger for season two. No, no, no. You get, we, we need a full contained story. Just, mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to jump on I just that. have to wonder if we're somehow headed in that direction. I, oh, like, I think that's that a gimme. Between, yep. between the kind of hints about the Mandalorian culture. Um, and kind of what a big deal it is. Now, the big question is, does he take it off himself or does or his enemy removed? take it off him? Mm. Ooh. That's yeah. the big question. Both have their pros and cons as far as character. Yes. Right. right. Is he ever going to go back to Sorgan and kiss O'Mara? Because that's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> the series finale, when he finally finds peace. And, yes. And Baby Kills Yoda. all the bounty hunters. And Baby Yoda yeah. reaches 80 years old, so he's basically a teenager. Yeah. Teen, teen Yoda. Teen Yoda. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. Of course, Yoda, Yoda himself was 100 when he started training other Jedis. Yeah, so. okay. So I just, yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> that doesn't work. Star Wars. Do. You and your stupid timelines. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Hey, hey, <laughs> who, 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 maybe, maybe Yoda's going to go through a hardcore, and I, I mean <laughs> hardcore <laughs> growth spurt in the next 10 years. And you know, fifty years from from the time of the Mandalorian, he'll be he'll be fully fully matured and training Jedi and oh my god, yeah, don't, uh, don't worry. I about think it. maybe this season also episodes with Baby Yoda's first words: Mando, man, yeah, <laughs> Dad, um, <laughs> Papa, change uh, <laughs> my diaper, please. I bet that. We'll get some other kind of force action from this baby before the season is over. Can't believe I almost forgot this. (gasps) What was up with Baby Yoda's shriek thing from the ship in episode five? Yeah, Amy Sedaris' character is just kind of there, and then like they hear there's just like a roar when they're talked in on Tatooine. Yeah, that was very I so that's strange. That fell out of the crib. Uh. <laughs> yeah, out of the closet. And he shrieks like a <laughs> like a crate dragon when that happens. I see. Okay. Yeah, it 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 was very reminiscent of the the canyon scene right. in A New Hope, which is kind of why I didn't. I guess I didn't ascribe much weight to it. I guess because I figured it was kind of like so one of those more fan service you know, versus something cult. with yeah. meaning. Gotcha. You know, kind of a callback to, so, oh, there's something there as a way of, like, alerting her, but I don't necessarily know if it means anything. That's my own personal take on that, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe it does mean something. Makes me think there's something else going on with this baby, but he could be right, Mm. too. Based on what everything else we got in this episode, that would totally uh, fit right right, right in. So, maybe. Probably. I'm thinking too much into it. Yeah. I don't know. Baby Yoda just seemed a little freakier to me that that episode. <laughs> that shriek didn't help. All right, we'll see. I think I think maybe you know we we saw Baby Yoda maybe trying to like heal the Mando in episode two. Two, mm-hmm. two. yeah. Um, 
I wonder if that might come back to play in play towards the end. Well, we got series. three episodes to go, and I'm sure we'll find out in three weeks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, without Soon. a doubt. Well, I think that gives us a lot to uh, to ponder over the next few weeks. Um, and we hope you'll join us again as we talk more about The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Adrian, tell the good people where they can find us in the meantime. In the meantime, the people can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast. And if you want to at me about anything specific about The Mandalorian, don't like what I said or like what I said, whatever, I'll take both. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred. Also, my Facebook page, John K. Frederick. And if you are a uh, classic rock aficionado, you could check me out live on 96.1 KZL in Eugene, Oregon, or streaming online at 96KZEL.com. That's going to wrap us up. Uh, and as always, we just like to all say to everybody out there, may the force be with you. And then some. We have spoken.